Welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's June 19th, 2020. Here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Walmart will integrate with Shopify, adding 1,200 Shopify merchants to its third-party marketplace. Two, Apple gets antitrust heat for its App Store and Apple Pay practices. Three, OpenAI releases an enormous general-purpose language API for commercial use. Shift 1. Walmart will integrate with Shopify, adding 1,200 Shopify merchants to its third-party marketplace. This week, Walmart announced it was partnering with e-commerce platform Shopify to add 1,200 Shopify merchants to Walmart's invite-only third-party seller marketplace this year. The program involves an integration that would allow Shopify sellers to add or change their products in Shopify, with updates immediately reflected on Walmart.com. Shopify's platform is used by over 1 million businesses across over 175 countries to operate and market their offerings online. While many of them are small to medium-sized businesses, Shopify's platform also powers well-known larger brands such as Allbirds, PepsiCo, and Staples. For the merchants approved for the program, the opportunity to tap Walmart Marketplace's 120 million monthly visitors could be very attractive. Walmart's Marketplace is central to its strategy to grow its assortment online and take on Amazon, which continues to lead in U.S. e-commerce with 38% of the market. Of the 80 million SKUs offered by Walmart online, the vast majority comes from its 35,000-plus third-party sellers. Walmart has been aggressively building out its e-commerce capabilities, recently launching Walmart Fulfillment Services to lure merchants to its platform. The pricing of the program, which has no monthly membership fee, is set to be, quote, one of the lowest price services on the market, end quote. It will also offer sellers better visibility into inventory and more control over content on their marketplace product pages. Walmart has been aggressive in subsidizing lower prices on items from select third-party sellers through a competitive price adjustment program designed to make it competitive with Amazon. For Walmart, the relationship with Shopify can offer more than just access to third-party sellers. Shopify has been hot of late, with merchant sales growing 46% in Q1 2020, year-over-year. Notable recent moves include extending its partnerships and capabilities into social commerce, for example, partnering with Pinterest to help merchants' products get exposure to Pinterest's 350 million-plus users, powering the new Facebook shops, among other vendors, business payments, for example, launching a corporate debit card and payment installments program, and fulfillment. It is investing $1 billion over five years in a fulfillment network that will include AI-powered logistics, automated warehouses, and a local delivery experience. In May 2020, Shopify turned its delivery tracking app Arrive into a consumer-facing mobile storefront organized by merchant called Shop with a social feed enabling users to follow their favorite brands. Shopify, however, continues to assert that it is not a marketplace and has no immediate plans to become consumer-facing. To read more content related to Walmart, e-commerce, and Amazon, check out our March 26, 2020 brief, Grocery Delivery, E-Commerce, and the Renewal of Walmart, and our November 11, 2019 brief, Why Amazon's Recent Challenges Are Rooted in Its Business Model. Shift 2. Apple gets antitrust heat for its App Store and Apple Pay practices. This week saw reports that the EU had launched two formal antitrust probes against Apple. The first focuses on Apple's App Store, specifically Apple's requiring mandatory use of its in-app purchase system and disallowing developers from informing customers of alternative cheaper payment options available outside of iOS apps. 
The second focuses on Apple Pay, targeting Apple's conditions for integrating Apple Pay into apps and websites, the fact that Tap and Go using iPhones in stores is available only to Apple Pay, and alleged refusals to let rivals use Apple Pay. Apple's App Store practices have become a prominent point of contention for developers over the past couple years. The App Store takes a 30% commission on paid apps, in-app purchases, in the first year of subscription-based apps, after which Apple takes a 15% commission. Larger app developers with their own brands and audiences, such as Netflix, Spotify, and Epic Games' Fortnite, have been restive about Apple's tax, especially with respect to subscriptions, and sought to move payments to their own websites. In March 2019, Apple Music's largest competitor, Spotify, wrote an open letter and filed a complaint with the European Commission claiming that Apple uses its App Store commissions and requirements to stifle competition. Rockettin-owned e-reader Kobo filed a similar complaint in March 2020, and Tinder parent Match Group has lately also been in touch with regulators. Microsoft has piled on as well, criticizing the high toll for accessing Apple's platform. In a notable recent case, developer Basecamp was notified that its new Hey Email service on the App Store should not have been approved because it didn't offer users a way to sign up and pay in the app, thereby bypassing the 30% commission. Apple allows business apps and reader apps, for example, Kindle and Netflix, to be sign-in only, but not other consumer apps. According to Apple, part of the rationale is that it wants consumer apps to work after being downloaded. Ben Thompson of Stratechery is reporting hearing from other developers that Apple has been refusing updates to SaaS apps unless they include in-app purchases. Industry watchers have highlighted the inconsistency of Apple's enforcement, such as striking a deal with Amazon in April 2020 allowing Prime Video users to pay for video content using the payment method tied to their subscription. Apple has stood by its policies, even threatening to pull hay from the App Store. It also separately touted that over 85% of the $519 billion in billings facilitated by the App Store in 2019 went to developers. Apple Pay, in turn, has been a particular sticking point in Europe, where open banking is directed by the compulsory revised Payment Services Directive, PSD2, that took effect in January 2018. Antitrust regulators in Europe have sought to encourage competition among financial services providers, with Germany enacting a law requiring, quote, non-discriminatory access to the technical infrastructure, end quote. Apple Pay, which facilitates payments on Apple devices, in physical stores and on third-party merchant sites, has 441 million-plus users as of September 2019 and accounts for 5% of all global card transactions as of February 2020. The EU's concern is that Apple is using its market power and control of the hardware and Apple Pay to disadvantage rivals, such as denying them access to the iPhone's near-field communications chip for tap-and-go transactions and putting restrictions around Apple Pay. On a related note, in May 2020, Bluetooth tracker startup Tile complained to the EU that Apple was disadvantaging third-party tracker apps by defaulting the Always Allow function to Off and persistently warning users, in contrast to how Apple treats its own apps, for example, FindMy. Antitrust focus on big tech continues to ramp up globally. Facebook's proposed $400 million acquisition of Giphy and $5.7 billion investment for 10% of Reliance Geo are being investigated in the UK and India, respectively. In the US and more recently the EU, Amazon is being investigated for allegedly using data from third-party merchant transactions to launch competing products. The Justice Department and a group of state attorneys general are reportedly gearing up to file an antitrust suit this summer against Google focused on its advertising business. This week, 
The CEOs of all the big tech firms mentioned above were requested to testify to Congress on their practices, with the House indicating it would serve subpoenas if necessary. To read more content on big tech firms' expansion into new markets and the headwinds they face, check out our December 13, 2019 brief, Tech Players Expand Their Ecosystems Through Payments and Financial Services, and our November 11, 2019 brief, Why Amazon's Recent Challenges Are Rooted in Its Business Model. Shift 3. OpenAI Releases an Enormous General Purpose Language API for Commercial Use. Last week, OpenAI, co-founded by Elon Musk and former Y Combinator head Sam Altman, announced a free private beta release of its first commercial product, a general-purpose natural language product called the OpenAI API. The API is based on OpenAI's GPT-3 family of natural language models, which were trained on trillions of words on a specially designed 285K processor supercomputer in Microsoft's Azure Cloud. Microsoft is investing $1 billion in OpenAI as of July 2019 in a multi-year exclusive partnership. The API offers a text-in, text-out interface to provide users with flexibility. Users can request access to try it on any English language task, including integrating it into products, developing a new application, or conducting research. Use cases for the API include semantic search, searching documents based on meaning rather than keywords, powering chatbots, for example, for customer service, generating written work, for example, for journalism, productivity tools, for example, summarizing emails, language translation, and content comprehension and communication, for example, simplifying language and documents. While the size of a model doesn't necessarily equate to effectiveness, it is noteworthy that OpenAI's GPT-3 language models were built using an astounding 175 billion parameters, which determine the number of relationships a model can gauge. For reference, that is over 10 times larger than Microsoft's Turing NLG model, 17 billion parameters, which when debuted in February 2020 was the largest model in the world. NVIDIA's Megatron LM model was built using 8.3 billion parameters, and Google's Mina, debuted in January 2020, was trained on 2.6 billion parameters. The GPT-3 model was built using more than 116 times the parameters of OpenAI's prior GPT-2 model, which was announced in February 2019 but not released until November 2019 due to concerns that its ability to create human-like writing could be misused to spread misinformation. OpenAI also released a music-generating neural net called Jukebox, which can generate music samples with artificially generated lyrics in a variety of genres and styles. Ultimately, OpenAI wants to create a language model with, quote, safe artificial general intelligence, end quote, an ambitious goal many experts believe we are far from achieving. As AI systems advance and become more responsible for concept and content generation, the extent to which its output can be protected as intellectual property will have vast implications. As of now, the United States Patent and Trademark Office has ruled that an AI system cannot be listed as an inventor in a patent application, and that inventorship is limited to natural persons. The European Patent Office and other patent offices around the world hold similar stances. To read more content related to AI and content generation, check out our June 3, 2020 brief, Can an AI be an inventor or author? The Current State of IP Protection, and our October 15, 2019 brief, The Advance of Deepfakes is Spurring New Countermeasures. That's it for this week's Three Shifts Edition. If you'd like to read more Six Pages content and you're not already subscribed, 
Head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the three shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on digital advertising and how publishers and retail brands are adapting to the coming death of third-party cookies. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition. 